This is Murky Chronicles 37, and I am Thayfala, the Butcher Debashi. And I am gorgeous Kenny Roberts. Well, yes, you are. And I know we said that we're going to have podcaster and paranormal investigator Bob Gilmer on this week. But God willing, we'll have him on our show next week. And we do apologize. Sometimes life throws us a curveball. So we're going to catch up on more emails. And we have another treat, a CBS Radio Mystery Theater uh, from May 1st, 1974, to share with you with original news and commercials. That sounds awesome. Hey, and also one more thing. Uh, next week, if we have time, we're going to add uh, um, Micah from uh, Savage Reviews has a Bigfoot story for us. So, Oh, um, my god, we got time for that. If not, it'll be the uh, following week. So, um, so should I have we're a tub locking of, him in. So. Should I have a tub of popcorn ready? I think so. Well, All we're going right. to have to do it before. Oh, no, that's not till Saturday. Ramadan don't start to Saturday. So fast from sunup to sundown, which is be easy for me because I ate immediate fast anyways. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. Also, Monday, I'll be a special guest on a podcast, and I won't say who it is. Or what it is, because I don't want to jinx myself. I'll be on with one of my mentors, and I'll talk about it next week for sure. Sounds good. Yep. So what's up? What, how was your week? How's your arm? Uh, it's, it's getting a little better every day. It's it's tough sleeping, man, uh, with this doggone calf. Um, if you can see us on. Uh, oh wow. Yep. We're on this. We're doing Zoom now, so he can see me from. Boise, Idaho. When are you yeah, gonna... I got this weird 90-degree 90, 90 angle cast that I have to wear. It's just to sort of heal up that bicep, man. It just sucks. Are you going to take off your shirt? Maybe. All right, hold on. I have something for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Since I got my PC on. It's too bad that the fans can't see this Zoom thing. But, uh, yeah, hold on. I'm uploading something. That's probably a good thing. Hold on. We're at 67, 75, 78, 80. All right, here we go. Okay, take it off. All right, people. All right, put that put that shirt back on. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, shoot. Well, I guess we decided to clean up some of our emails to catch up. We have some more to answer. So, do you want to just get right to it? Every time you say catch up, I think mustard. I don't know why. You've got mayo. I thought you liked mayo, but oh. Maybe. Actually, I like mayo. Reason I like mayo because it's. I thought you're a Miracle Whip guy. No, too much carbs a Miracle Whip. <laughs> that's that's bug spit, man. That's bad news. You know, okay. when I was younger, I liked Miracle Whip. But you know what's good? I, I, I'm a mustard guy, but sometimes if you get a, a chicken breast that's cooked just right, just some mayo, some tomato, some lettuce, maybe some onions, and some mayo, and that's it. There you go. I'm getting hungry. Sounds like some weak sauce right there. Yeah, well, 
usually Sunday's my junk day, but I, 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 uh, I fasted all day and then I kind of ate like garbage, but I ate like garbage in between a two hour window. And I don't think I had that many calories. So I think I'll be all right. You'll be all right. All right. All right. All right. Here, let's get, I guess like, let's get to our email. All right. This is from Jesus Walker, and I know you like that name. Jesus. Hey. All right. Jesus Walker emailed murkychronicles at gmail.com. Have you had any reoccurring vivid dreams? If so, would you mind sharing? Reoccurring vivid dreams. You know, I don't have any that I can actually uh, talk about, but uh, what you show me on the Zoom camera, I may may talk about on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> A reoccurring nightmare. Oh, so you really uh, have... How about you? What do you got? What do you got? Okay, well, I have a few. You know well, you know, I was reading something like, have you ever woke up like 3 a.m. or like... In the mornings, like just wake up. Have you or what? What? Just wake up, like yeah. Because I heard. Because lately, I've been waking up just all of a sudden, like around three a.m. And I was reading something that it's because uh, something like a spirit or something's looking over you, or someone's trying to talk to you. So I've been doing that that a lot lately. I remember when I was younger, I used to have this reoccurring dream where my bed would float and it starts floating the city and just kind of almost like cruising. And then I remember the bed going down and just laying back in my room and I'd wake up. And then, then I remember in high school, you know, I never did drugs or anything like that. For some reason, I remember, uh, I was sniffing cocaine in my dream. And when I woke up, I had a panic attack because I thought the dream was real and I thought I was a druggie. I almost start crying. Then I was all relieved that it wasn't real. And then last night, it was last night or night before, I had a dream. And this is no lie. I had a dream that I was supposed to be on the Chris Jericho podcast and with Abdullah and that Everything kept on happening. I lost my phone, and then the Zoom link wouldn't come on, and I start panicking. Yeah, that was a legit dream. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know you were going back in history on your reoccurring dream. Okay, well, do you uh, have uh, one? Right, no, well, right now, you know, I just don't sleep long enough to dream at all. I'm lucky I can get sleep a half hour without waking up and tossing a turn. But no, man, you know, when you're younger, dude, I don't know. I, I dreamt a lot, you know, man, and I always had, you know, I, I had my dreams when I was awake, you know, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. That was my thing, man. It was kind of like a vision quest, but I would dream about that stuff every night, man. It was the craziest thing. I mean, it was, I don't know. That was like my, that was, that was my reoccurring dream. It was always being in the ring and that was, that was pretty badass. You know, I, I wish those dreams wouldn't have went away, you know, you know, in my sleep anyways. Well, I know you may have a nightmare soon because I know we're buddy-buddies, but we at least have one more dance coming. 
all we do. Yeah, the two step, the two step. Maybe another broken limb. Ooh. Maybe it's another chair shot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Yeah, no, no. Honestly, yeah, that's one thing, man. It was crazy. I would just. It it was kind of funny how you would dream it, and the reality came. So that was pretty cool. Oh man. Yeah. I'm not sure what just happened there. But that's not okay. I was just stretching. Wow. Those are stretch marks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We oh, got... no. Wow. <laughs> we yeah, got... there's going to be some reoccurring dreams, I'll tell you that. All right. Here's another one from Fabian Kester. Female murky crocodile. Keister or Keister? Is it Keister or Keister? Which it's, one is it? It's spelled K A Y S T I R. Okay. Emailed murky chronicles at gmail.com. What do you feel is the greatest hoax? The greatest hoax? Hmm. Greatest hoax. I mean, there's been plenty of them, you know, with sightings and yep. I don't know. I think I think a lot of those uh, shows on TV are, is a is a hoax for sure. It's all pre-set up, you know. Like uh, I won't I won't name the specific names, but people know what they watch on oh. TV. They can tell what's real, what's not. You know, you can't buy it everything, right? Yeah. Well, I read even it. If the, even if it's fake news, you, you, you people are smart enough to know. I was what's I, real. What's not. I was reading something yesterday and. You know, me and you talked about the moon landing before, but I learned some more stuff which made my my head, like, think. So, you know, NASA got rid of, like, all the film footage and stuff of the moon landing. I don't know why you would do that. Oh, yeah. They said they needed to make room for more stuff. They, they pulled, like, a Don Owens when Don Owens <laughs> recorded over the, you know, or not only a lot of these... uh promotions across country would re you know uh tape over the tape to save money so that's what they yeah. said and there's no pictures of neil armstrong stepping on the moon the very few first human being ever stepped on the moon there's no pictures and no pictures no film no nothing huh well apparently they say he was taking the pig or whatever so check this out oh, selfie I guess. And so so check this out. So they were talking about the radiation belt around the earth. And, right. you know, it's so big and, and it's so, I've, you know, I don't know the specifics, but they're saying there's no way a human would be able to, you know, go through the, the, the belt, the radiation belt. I mean, you could send right. drones and stuff, you know, up there. but And they said that the spacecraft would have to be astronomical in weight. And there's no way our shuttle is near that. But that being said, there was a concept. So they were saying, if you believe in God or a creator, that people on Earth were the only living beings in the universe. That being said, they said, think about this. Well, they're saying the fallen angels, um, I'm not saying it is, but this was reading. It makes you wonder, you know. The fallen angels were alien, are aliens, right? And that, think about 
space. Space is just like water. So, like, say, when we, go, like, you and I, not together, go in a bathtub, um, you know, water expands, right? So, space is just like water. So, every time there's a planet created, the space would expand. I mean, that's kind of mind-boggling to me. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, to me, I would just letting that sink in. So, if that was true, that would explain aliens and... You know, to me, that's the greatest hoax. And I think the next false flag or hoax would be, like I've been talking before, Project Bluebeam, where fake, you know. So uh, that's my, I I just thought it was fascinating and fascinating. And I never thought about aliens maybe being fallen angels. And, and, but what was really mind boggling, just think how many planets are there in space. So, which makes sense. Space is like water. You go and put something in water and expands. I don't know. That kind of blew my mind. Your thoughts? Yeah. No. No. That's that's some deep thought. You gave that. You gave that more than a minute. You kind of blindsided me with this uh, uh, email, so I didn't have much time to prepare for that one. So. Oh, I know. Plus, you know, I get the emails ahead of time, so I get to cheat a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you cheater. But no, yeah, no, that's that's deep, bro. So, but I okay. never thought about space. I don't know why that stuck in my head. Never thought about space being like water. You know, so more and more planets get formed. Space will expand. Planet disintegrates. The space will expand or respan or whatever you want to say, call it. So, what do you think? What did you say you thought the greatest hoax was? Oh, just no. I was just talking about just all these hoaxes, you know, you know, you know what we talk about a lot on the yeah. on show is, you know, sightings, you know, the sightings and the, you know, paranormal and all that. You know, there's there's some great hoaxes just so people can do a, you know, a money grab, try to oh yeah, you know, get on TV or whatever and and not not be legit, you know. Um, there's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of people out there working hard and and doing it right and not getting the exposure like some of these people on TV get and it's unfortunate, you know. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I guess for the for the fakes that are on TV, it's motivating the real people to go out there and do the right thing. So that's good too. So. Yeah. But no, that's it. That's it, bro, for me. Okay. We got another one. Another another. Yeah, email, we got a, we? we got a couple more. Couple more. Jason Cooper emails murkychronicles at gmail.com. Do you think some of these magicians really know how to do magic? I mean, the de- I mean the devil's work. I mean, no, it says, oh, let me re- re- let me reread that. Do you think some of these magicians really know magic? I mean the devil's work and mystic I mean the devil's there should be a comma there. I mean, the devil works in mysterious ways. I'm not saying all magic is evil. What are your thoughts? The devil's work. I don't see. I don't see it being the devil's work. I, I feel like, uh, you know, magic is is it's an illusion. Like, you know, you watch the one hand and the other hand's doing something else. You got to be able to really focus I, I, I saturday mornings I, I, chris angels on tv and I, I would just uh-huh. 
I I just caught I caught one I I caught a fakie on it, man. I was he was probably one of my most favorite, you know, modern day uh, magicians, and I caught him. They were doing a a, a roller street roller for the asphalt, uh huh. And he laid underneath that, and I I I caught it, man. What'd you he, catch? Uh, they, well, they laid it. They laid a carpet down, and then he laid underneath it. They said we're gonna run him over. Dude, there was a hole in the ground, man. <laughs> and so when they ran it over. It, it didn't hurt him, and when he po- he popped out, once it rolled over, he came back out. But it was like, but they didn't show up. Definitely, there was a hole. There was that carpet. Uh, well, you know, it, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. I, I was gonna bring up Chris Angel, but a different aspect. Chris, to me, Chris Angel is the most legit. I believe in magic. I really. I mean, I watched even Simon Cowell on Americans Got Talent. He, I mean, some of the talent on there. He even looked. He even said. That's real magic. I mean, yeah, they're a great illusionist, but to me, I think anything's possible. But I seen this one Chris Angel one, one of his earlier shows. You probably saw it, where he put this card on that guy's head. Did you see that? And it disappeared. And he took a razor and cut the guy's scalp and pulls the card out. No, I didn't see that. One. Dude, it, it, dude, there's no way. I mean. I was like, I, I was like, wow! I said that that freaked me out. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. Who knows? Oh, he does do crazy stuff, maybe, man. Maybe you know, like I said, that one, I that one was like highly suspect for me I, because I like he's done plenty of other ones that are just like, oh man. Yeah, I like Chris Angel, but you know, you know, a lot of these uh, superstars sell their souls to the devil, man. How do you know that that whole gimmick? Was did on purpose to like say, oh, he's just fake or something like that, through a curveball. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah, maybe but I think so. Chris Angel's probably one of the greatest out there. What really? Oh, for sure. What, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, I agree. I think he's one of the best out there. You know, as we grew up, what was it, David David Copperfield, and uh, um, there was always Houdini. You know, Houdini was the greatest all time you know just because of you know print stuff he used back in the day yeah can you hear me still yep yeah yeah but as for otherwise i mean um what's your thoughts on those guys and and you know you know w- with camera effects and and different things i don't um, know i mean <laughs> i think the greatest illusionist is pen and teller i think there's two different categories because pen and teller they they play it out, play, you know, flat out say it's illusion, and then a lot of times they'll expose it. You know, oh, gotcha. Yeah, I I've never really followed those guys. Oh yeah, I watched their much. I watched their show, Pin and Teller's Fool Us, and what I like uh-huh. they, they have musicians on, and what they do is Pin and Teller is so, I mean, awesome at their craft. They know almost every single trick out there. So they'll bring people out from around the world. They go on stage, they do their tricks, and then Penn and Teller will sit there and see if they know how to do it. But when when they after the after they do their trick, they talk in codes so he don't expose it. And I think that's really cool. Right. So that is cool. So then, if then they've been stumped, you know, and if they get stumped and they said you fooled us, a big uh, trophy comes down from the ceiling. F you. For fool us, 
and then they get a spot on their Vegas show. So I think. Oh, that's cool. So, to me, Chris. To me, I I say Chris, this uh, my category. Chris Angel, absolute magic, and Penn and Teller, illusionists. Which I love gotcha. them both. And there was those two those two guys with the uh, the tigers. <laughs> They were, they were, they were, I believe they were illusionists. Seek, as well. seek, for, seek, fruit, and roid. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because that tiger, that tiger ate the shit out of him. The one of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. All right. But, uh, all right. That was a good question. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jason Cooper. I thought that was Jesus Walker. Jesus Walker? No. Jesus Walker was, uh,. I'm joking. Man. I, don't <laughs> I just like saying Asians. All right. Here's one. I think this is our last one. Let me see. Oh, we got oh, we got a couple more. This one's from Sarah Jordan. The reason I am emailing you this is because this whole situation seems murky. What are your thoughts about the Ukraine and Russia war? Politics, man. Murky. Well, you know me. I go through you, rabbit you holes. You follow it, man. So I'll yeah. let you. Let you. I, I don't have much of an opinion because I don't follow. Right. I don't follow news, so I'm let you gonna take. I'll let you take that one. By well, I could do a whole show on this. All I gotta say is, uh, do your homework. Don't just listen to the mainstream propaganda news. And this isn't conspiracy because they all came out saying Hunter Biden's laptop's real. The new, all the fake news are even saying it. And that, you know, the Russian collusion was fake. So that being said, there's always reason for war. So look into it. I just pray for the innocent civilians on all sides and hope to God there isn't a World War Three and good wins. That's all I'll say about it. Just do your Fair homework. Enough. Do your homework. Yep. And New yep. World Order, bad. <laughs> Except for the bad guy. Razor Ramon and uh, yep. Holland Nash. That was a good New World yep. Order. Yep. All right. This one is from, okay, we got two more. This one's from Tammy J. Emailed murkychronicles at gmail.com. Settle this debate. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yeah. Absolutely. What? What? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Pineapple, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. pineapple, I mean, I, I'd say fish, there's fish, no. I no agree with pizza. you. Put whatever you um, want on pizza. Right, right. But I mean, I know a lot. There's a lot of pizza purists out there that don't like that, and I get it. But you know, that's the uh, free country, man. Well, what's your favorite pizza? What's my favorite pizza? Um, we got a new place in town called Mountain Mike's. They have the old school pepperonis that like cup up and fill up with oil and grease. Oh, nice! Stuff, man. So Mike's, they make a yeah. good pie. They make a good pie. They're they're almost like the old Pietros back in wow. Tacoma area. Yeah. Do they have stuff. hair? Hair? Hair pie? Um, no. They do have fish tacos. 
Oh, I like I like a good deep fried fish taco. I had that last week. Deep fried fish. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. Actually, I ordered fish taco. It wasn't deep fried, but it was pretty good still. You like extra sausage on your pizza? So do you like extra sausage on your pizza? No, I don't eat pork. So. With white sauce? There's beef sausage. Well, beef sausage is okay. It's low on carb. And some of that sauce is, you know, protein. But anyways, our, our, okay, our last email from Missy Hilton. Missy Hilton. Right. Emailed MurkyChronicles at gmail.com. Missy Hilton? That's almost like Missy Hyatt. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they're related. Maybe, huh? That's the first thing I thought of when I read that email. Or she's a ring rat. Named after a hotel. Oh, maybe. All right. All right. What is your biggest pet peeves? What is my biggest pet peeves? Man, that's, that's, that's a broad question there, man. We talk in... Biggest pet peeve. Hmm. You go ahead and go first, bro. All right. My, I got a couple. One of them, when people not in the wrestling business use wrestling terms, that bugs me. Uh, the other one is, you know, now that the mass mandates are, you know, pretty much gone in all public places. That's fine if you wear a mask, but just don't mean mug me because I don't. I'm not wearing one, you know. Just be, oh right, right. Just because I'm better looking than you, I'm not wearing a mask. You know that's and and nothing excessive gum gum smacking. I hate that. That, that. The biggest my sisters that's good used to know. Yeah, my sisters used to always do that all the time, and it used to get on my nerves. No, I think I think my big. Pet peeve is people that uh, you know they they talk the talk but they don't they don't walk the walk they 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 don't they they say they can do things but they don't follow through I don't I I I have a real problem with people that, that are accountable for what they want to do that pisses me off yeah I hear you bullshit I hear you yep. well shoot I hope so otherwise they're not gonna hear me I hear you I hear you. Well, yeah, I guess that's all the emails we have. So I guess we could just end the show, give our, well, not end the show, we'll give our shout outs and we'll play our special CBS Mystery Theater uh, show from 1974. 1974. What was the name of it? It is called The. Death Bell. The Death Bell. Gotcha. Perfect. So you want to give our shout outs? Shout out. Yep. Shout out to uh, Micah over at Savage Reviews. What's up, Micah? Check him out on Google. Um, he does a lot of reviews. Um, he's He's been to, I think, he said about 20 different states, so he's got a lot of different uh, a lot of reviews on different restaurants and goods and services all over the country. So check him out. 
um, Savage Reviews. And uh, then Vince over at Emerald Street Kennels. What's up, Vince? And then um, <laughs> for, for all your kennel needs, go check out Emerald Street Kennels here in Boise, Seattle. Uh, for your uh, dog to that. And then last but not least, Lyrical Spit. There would be no Mercury Chronicles without Lyrical Spit. So shout out to old Dave Fladdabashi for his genius ideas oh, and hairy ass. Shout out to Tells from the Abyss with Jay Literary and Pahuroho. You can get all the Lyrical Spit at Murky Chronicles. Uh, links and we're on all major podcast platforms on uh, lyricalspit.com don't forget the 24 hour <laughs> hotline at 360-200-8779 uh, leave a message it may just hit yourself on the show and you can't forget about the best tagline in uh, all of upholstery uh, let me find the right uh... oh I don't I can't have... remember that no, I was gonna I was gonna play a sound effect, but I don't have the right sound effect uploaded. Oh, so I'll play this one. The best tagline in upholstery business: sweet and low upholstery. What? Their stitching is bitching. What? Their stitching is bitching. What? Their stitching is bitching. What? Their stitches is bitching. Bitchin'. <laughs> right, thank you. All right, I think that's all. Okay, so. Uh, that's it. Anything else? I think that's it. I hope they bared with us on our first, first uh, Zoom uh, style uh, podcast here. So, Should we air this one? Should we air the video? I don't know. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right. Well, we have a treat. CBS Mystery Theater. Original air date, May 1st, 1974. Death Bell. With original news and commercials. Hashtag save our children. Epstein and McAfee didn't kill themselves. If she has an apple, she has a banana and free cane Velasquez. Free cane. Free cane. Free cane. And we'll be right back right after this brief commercial break. Happy ending. 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 I got a happy ending today. Woo! Yowie! Zoinks! E.G. Marshall. Welcome to the world of terrifying imagination, to the fear you can hear. There is a green land called the Emerald Isle, where stardust dapples shining lakes that sparkle against blue mountains which fall away to winding bays. But there are darker sides to Ireland, currents that run deep, a wasting bitter civil war in the north, and everywhere... Lurking behind the shamrock and beneath the laughter, 
A dark world of legend, of banshees and warlocks, of voices on the wind against which the traveler should stop his ears, or the sound of the death bell. Our mystery drama, The Death Bell, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Michael Tolan. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser, and by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg Special K cereal. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Hello, this is Goldilocks. It seems like only yesterday that I was a little girl tasting porridge. You know, this one's too hot. This one's too cold. And now I conduct taste tests on diet drinks. And there's one I must tell you about. Sugar-Free Diet 7-Up. It has a fresh, natural, delicious taste. It drives my taste meter crazy. Sugar-Free Diet 7-Up. <gasps> this one's just right. Computers, we're big on that. You deserve an airline that remembers your name. Ozark's computer helps us not to forget your name, reservation, connections, your return plans. At Ozark, a big and personal computer helps us deal more personally with you. Computers, we're big on that at Ozark Airlines. Now go Ozark's evening jet at 645 to Washington with through service to Champaign-Urbana and Peoria. Since time immemorial, man has sought to trace the future in the lines of the palm. The best answer always is, if you truly believe. As in spite of herself, it would appear that Sheila Doyle does. The moment I clapped eyes on Denny's cousin from the States, Brian Markham, there was a bogle tugging at my skirts. And the one look in his hand ran the blood in me cold, for I never saw a shadow plainer. Brian? Hmm? Oh, yeah, yes, Denny. Well, what are you doing over by the window? I'm trying to see where that bell came from. What bell? It's been ringing ever since you went up with Sheila, don't you... Well, that's funny. What? It stopped. You didn't hear it? Nope. Well, maybe you're just used to it. D don't you have some kind of a bell around here? Well, um, the church? No, no, not a church bell. Something much smaller, like, uh, on an animal, maybe. Well, there aren't any animals around. Oh. Well, maybe I'm just hearing things after that scare Sheila threw into Oh, me. look, Brian, I'm sorry about that. Sheila, well, Sheila's as level-headed as they come about everything except some of the old country superstitions. <laughs> she wasn't kidding, you know. She really believes in a lot of this. Well, forget it, Denny. I'm not worried about me. I was only concerned about Sheila. She looked all shook up. Oh, she was embarrassed. I think she felt she'd made a fool of herself. <laughs> I don't think she'll be able to face you again tonight, but by morning, she'll cook you a breakfast that'll stick to your ribs. <laughs> you are going to stay, huh? Oh, I can take the car and run down to the local inn. No, I... sir. No, sir. Not on your life. My cousin comes all the way from the States. I don't let you get away till we do some catching up. Catching up? Yes. I want to hear all about your wife. My wife? Yes. Sheila and I are so sorry she didn't come along with you. She, uh... She wasn't feeling herself at the last moment. Yes, I know, so you said. You see, this isn't so much a trip. It's more a sort of pilgrimage. A what? I want to find Carrie Kleiner. 
I want to see it for myself. If it exists. What do you mean? Well, Brian, I always understood it was just a... a family legend. You mean to say you've been here in Ireland now for three years and you haven't tried to look it up? Man, it's near 250 miles from here and I haven't a car. Anyways, it wasn't my side of the family. Well, it was mine. Or should have been. At the very least, from my mother's side, you know that. Well, I honestly don't. All I know is that my mother used to ramble on when she got older about how there was royalty in the blood somewhere far back and the ancestors lived in a castle in the north. Carrig Clayna. It was a castle. Huh? The Carrigs were said to be in the direct line of descent from Brian Boru himself. And it was a family custom to name the residence for the family name and for the wife who reigned over it. My great-great-grandmother, Clayna, was married to the last of the line... Lord Carrig. Your great-great-grandfather? That's one of the things I'd like to find out. See, I think he was. You think? Lord Carrig didn't. He killed Clayna and threw the man he said was her lover from the balcony over the sea to be smashed to death on the rocks below. And he sent my great-grandfather to be brought up by his wife's family, the Mackins. Your great-grandfather? You mean Carrig's son? He refused to recognize him. Claimed he was illegitimate. I see, I see. Well, now, look. Looking for an old lost castle is as good a way as any of spending a vacation. You'll get a chance to see a good bit of Ireland on the way. Now, come on. Let's go get your bag out of the car and I'll show you to your room. For the first time in our marriage, I found myself getting a little annoyed with Sheila as I walked Brian to the car. There was that vague kind of family connection between us. You write off as cousins, but mostly what we were was old friends and classmates. Now, with Sheila's superstitions jogging my imagination, I was uh, uneasy with Brian. A feeling, thank the Lord, that a few minutes in the soft Irish night blew away. Oh, it's good to be alive on a night like this. Mm. <laughs> it makes me think of... What, Brian? Commencement. The end of the term, anyway. <laughs> or, or after the last ball game of the season. Tired, but loose, you remember? Well, for pitchers, maybe. Catchers with old football knees took longer to unwind. <laughs> well, so, how's the old rat race? Advertising? Oh, it still goes round and round. Hamsters on a cage wheel. How's the writing? Slow, slow, but sure. And I make an honest buck-cutting peat to keep myself in shape. You're a happy man. Oh, what more could I ask for? Wait till you see your namesake tomorrow. Little Brian. How soon will he be two? About the time his little sister comes to join him. Six months or so. Oh, hey, you're having another? Yes. Well, that's... That's solid, man. It's solid. Well, you know I always like kids. Nothing like having your own, though. And how about you, senior citizen? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, you have been married longer than Sheila and me. When are you and Gloria going to have yours? As a matter of fact, Gloria got pregnant seven months ago. Oh, and you're trying to keep it secret. So that's why she didn't come along, huh? That's one of the reasons. Uh, but come on, I can't keep you away from your wife any longer. Here, just let me get my gear and we can hit the sack. Oh, there's no hurry, no hurry. For my money, we could sit up all night and shoot the breeze. Well, that'd suit me if I didn't have a, a long journey ahead of me tomorrow. Oh, I see. You're still determined to go chasing rainbows. I heard the door close when they left the house and had gone to the window to watch Denny and Brian talk at the car. I couldn't hear the words, but at least Brian's arms slung around Denny's shoulder eased my mind enough. 
to make me go to bed. Still and all, even with the soothing sound of their voices rumbling below and their laughter, it was long before I fell into an uneasy sleep. Oh, I... Danny? Oh, I'm sorry. Shh, Sheila, shh. Darling, go to sleep. That's all right. I was half on to waking. Turn the light on. No need, no need. I'm all undressed. Just come into bed. And did you get Brian settled? Ah, yes. He, he's snoring already. By the time I closed up and looked in on little Brian, he was dead to the world. Darling, what's wrong? Hmm? You shivered. Oh, it was maybe a hair limped over my grave. Ah. Hold me. Hmm. Who needs to be asked? Sheila, you're wrong about Brian. What way? We've had a long talk, just like old times. I, I never felt closer to him. Well, I know you've missed him since you came away here. We were always more like brothers than cousins. Well, I'm not saying he isn't tense and all wound up, but that's old stuff to me, Akushla. <laughs> You're making to be a real Irishman again. <laughs> well, next to you because of you, and grateful I am. <laughs> Are you for real, Danny? Don't you know? Oh, Sheila. I used to be all tied up in knots like Brian, and that's all it is, you see. Well, I hope you're right. You haven't heard the best news yet. What? Well, you're not the only one that's carrying a heart beneath your own. Gloria's expecting. Brian's wife? When? Before you. That's why she didn't come along this trip. Well, that's good news, Denny. I want to be happy for your friend, your cousin, your, your brother, almost. Well, so you can be, you can be. <sighs> Sheila... Hmm? What did you think you saw in Brian's palm? Don't ask me. First of all, because I have no words to tell you. And second, I'm praying to sweet Mary to forgive me. For I'm hoping it was himself who's only given me a warning not to meddle in the Lord's business. The night is quiet outside. Except for the tinkle of that far-off bell... There's a kind of peace. I had to stop here with Denny. Touch normal life, if only for a moment. I will not think back. And tomorrow must wait till I find it. I know what it will bring to so many people. I wonder what it will bring to me. Brian Mackin. The last thing I hear is the bell. Lulling me to sleep. <laughs> Well, that does it. All set for the road. Oh, I wish you didn't have to go so soon. So do I. Will you stop by then to see us on your way back? I, I don't know if I'll be coming this way, Sheila. Oh, try. Try to make it. And, and Brian. Yes? The farther north you get, particularly beyond Sligo, hug the coastline all the way. Please, don't go near the border. Ulster, you mean? There's still a lot of trouble. I wish you'd forget the whole thing. Except I won't. Well, man, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. And if there ever was a Carrie Clayna, it's, it's probably nothing but ruins by now. If there ever was one, I'll find it. And I think I will. And if you should, what would it prove? I, I don't know. Goodbye, Brian. Come again. I'll try. Bye, Denny, old pal. I'll only say au revoir. And it's glad I am to have met you. And, and forgive me for last night. The gypsy's warning? I don't know what came over me. Think nothing of it. Well, so long, Shaman. Drive carefully. I hope you had a good night's sleep. With the good company and the good air? What else? Even the little bell I finally got used to. And off I went like a log. <laughs> so here goes. Hail and farewell. 
that about a bell, Denny? Oh, search me, Mavourneen. When I came downstairs last night after I took you up to bed, Brian was by the window. He insisted he could hear a little bell ringing somewhere, but <laughs> I couldn't hear it. What kind of a bell was that? Like it was on an animal, he said. Not like a cow, but more, say, like, uh, like a goat. The Lord and all his saints be praised. Not goat. What is it, she We should call him back. He should get out of Ireland. Oh, what are you getting all riled up about now, I honey? I told you he was holding the shadow of death in his palm. Now I know I made no mistake. There's no bell in this town he could have heard, like you said. Except one. What? What? The one that's only heard by him it sounds for. And I know it for sure. Twas the death bell. Is Brian Mackin really marked for death? And if so, how soon? And how? We will return shortly with Act Two. Some beer drinkers have funny ideas about beer. They think beer improves with age, like wine. Well, find a brewmaster, though. You'll find a beer drinker who knows better. The Budweiser brewmaster says it all depends on how beer is aged. Just letting beer sit in lagering tanks makes it older, not necessarily better. That even goes for keeping a case around the house for a couple of months. But there is one kind of aging that's good for beer. The Budweiser kind. Beechwood aging. In this kind of aging, something happens. It lets all the flavor of the choicest hops and best barley malt that go into Budweiser get through to you. Sure, it takes more time and trouble to brew Budweiser that way. But brewing beer right does make a difference. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. Hey, ma'am, what's for dinner? Hey, ma'am, what you got? It's time to get ready for the great outdoors, and your ShopRite supermarket has everything you'll need for cookout dinners and fun in the sun. And for this week's dinners, ShopRite is featuring whole grade-A frying chickens, just 37 cents a pound. Roasting chickens, up to 4 pounds, 47 cents a pound. Choice beef rib steaks, $1.19 a pound. ShopRite Franks, just 89 cents a pound. Get all your outdoor cooking equipment and many great food values at your ShopRite supermarket this week. She loves the family. She wants the best. She does all that she can do. She lets ShopRite do the rest. Hey, Mal, what's for dinner? ShopRite has the answer. Two hundred and fifty miles is a short day's drive, as we reckon it, in the good old U.S. of A. But through the length of Ireland, stopping more and more in the last fifty miles to ask the still unanswered question, do you know of a castle in these parts called Carriclena? It's a long, long trip that at last has brought Brian Mackin to a little bridge across a valley stream. Stopping there to eat the lunch Sheila put up for him before he left, he has scarcely finished it as twilight falls. Then, as he dozes for a moment, back against a tree... What? Pull him up! Pull him up! I can't! Throw him! Hold on! Hold on! Don't get thrown! Oh, boy! Oh, easy! Easy! Hold up there! Hold there! Hold there! Hold up! All right. Easy, boy. 
Easy. Oh. All right. All right. Oh. Are you... You all right, ma'am? Yes. And I'm much beholding to you, sir. Oh, it's my pleasure. What What happened? Well, something frightened my horse. I I lost control. May I have the reins, sir? All right, now, stay, boy, stay. There, here you are. Oh, thank you, Mr. Uh... Brian Mackin. How do you do? I am the Lady Clayna Carrick. What? I said I'm Lady Carrick. Of Carrick Clayna? Well, naturally. <laughs> then it does exist. I should hope so. I was just on my way home. Where? Where is it? Just across the bridge and over the hill. Oh, now that I've regained my composure. On my soul, you do look familiar. I didn't catch your name. Brian. Brian Mackin. Oh, no. No. You must be mad to try to intercept me here. Run, Brian. Run for your life. Reach him. Get. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, my lady. If you value your life... Stay away from me! I am frozen at her sudden flight. Then suddenly I find myself running after her, laboring for breath over the last burst to the crest of the hill. Oh, oh damn, the light going. But, but where? Where? She, she couldn't have just disappeared into, into thin air. But she had. In the lowering darkness, I can see the long sweep of the countryside down to the rocks and sea cliffs. And there is no sign of horse or rider, or of any destination they might be bound for, nor any road for a horse to follow, much less my modern car. For the moment, I realize I must return to my car and seek some lodging for the night. Danny, is that you? Well, who else were you expecting, Sheila? Oh, darling, I'm that glad to see you. Uh -huh. It's late, you are. Oh, we cut a few extra squares tonight as long as the light was with us. Here, here, what is it, little bird? You're all aflutter. It's Brian's on my mind. Oh, you'll laugh at me again, I suppose. But as I was laying our little one down with the sun just gone over the hill, I thought I heard him calling, Clayna, Clayna. Oh, now, Sheila, I... <laughs> What's got into you? I wish I knew. I only know somehow we should never have let Brian go off for the north. Something terrible is going to happen to him. And if there is, what could we do to stop well, it? Well, we should try. Would you have me follow him on Shank's mare? How fast do you think I could walk it? Well, you could borrow the McFadden's car or Seamus' motorcycle. And if I did, where would I head for? Oh, don't fault me, darling, or make me the fool. It's just a feeling comes over me and I can't help it. I'm... I want to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Sheila, I... now, please, please, stop worrying about Brian. If anyone ever knew how to take care of himself, that's the guy. I said it with authority because I meant it, or I thought I meant it. Or I tried to mean it because I wanted to reassure Sheila. The truth is, I was shaken again. I'd been three years living in Ireland, long enough to fall under all of her spells, even the black ones. And I'd have given anything to know where Brian was at at that moment. And what he was doing. Excuse me, gentlemen. Sorry. Closing time is posted. I wasn't... I wasn't looking for a drink as much as I was for accommodations tonight. Where now... As to that... I'm willing to pay well for it. An American, is it? Well, for that much, I suppose we could be after finding your room and a bite to sup. And 
Perhaps a little information? We're not for doing much talking around these parts, in particular to strangers. What would you want to know? Well, something very simple, I hope. Would either of you know where I could find a place called Carrie Klena? Carrie Klena? Yes, no. What would be after bringing it to these parts looking for the likes of Carrie Klena? Well, till late this afternoon, only a dim hope of finding it after all these years. For private reasons. Oh, and what would the private reasons be? Family ones. My great-grandfather was born there. Who was he now? And what was it that late this afternoon gave you the good hope of finding Carrie Cleaner? I ran into someone who lives there. Who lives there? Patty. Will you hold your tongue, Mick? And uh, who would you have met that said they was from the castle? A very beautiful woman. A girl, actually, who said she was the Lady Cleaner Carrie. Oh, the Lord and his saints preserve us. The Lady Cleaner. Uh, where was this then? For about five miles or so north of here. There's a road goes winding down to a little bridge and then goes up a rise on the other side, but sort of, sort of peters out. Ah, oh, that's the old Bali Brig across the Scalinor. Did you drive your car across that bridge? No, I stopped this side of it because the going was getting so rough. Sure, it's lucky you didn't drive on it. It might have carried away with you. That bridge has been condemned for anything but foot travel as long as I can remember. But why? Because it doesn't lead to anywhere anymore. It leads to carry Kleiner somehow. How would you know that? Because the lady was bound for there on her horse. Ah, huh? was it a big bay mare with a mane as white as snow? Yes, that, that's the one. And the woman? How was she dressed? Why, she, uh... She was in sort of a green velvet dress with a big hat. Like an old-fashioned riding habit, you'd say. Oh, Mary, bless us. And the good Lord save us all. Old-fashioned it is for sure. Well, the Lady Cleaner has been dead these hundred years and more. No, no, this this was a young woman. She was only past her 21st year when she died. That was no real woman you saw this afternoon, stranger. That was her ghost. But I talked to her. Did you now, then? What you saw was never real. And you can take that as gospel. Well, perhaps. I, I hadn't eaten all day, and I did take a nap under a tree. Mm, and twas twilight, when all fancies begin. We'll let it go at that, anyway. But, Carrie Cleaner, is that just fancy, too? Well, no, as to that... Must you but... always put your oar in, Mick? I'm talking to the gentleman here, Mr... Mackin. Uh... Brian Mackin. It is a good Irish name. I mentioned that my family came from Ireland. Mm, so you did. And at least you've had the sense God gave you to come back. I'm Paddy Flynn, and the little runt here is Mickey Mahan. Uh, the top of the evening to you. Is it back you are to stay, Mr. Markin? That depends on what I find at Carrie Kleiner. Uh, it's little you'll find there. Deserted and empty and blown by the winds for a century. It's not but a ruin. Not worth the effort to go by it. And sometimes at nightfall, there's a woman's voice that'll call, Come away! Come away! And it'll betide the man who listens. Well, just the same, I want to see Carrie Cleaner. Can you guide me there? Not by night. I wouldn't stir out by night for all the gold in a leprechaun's hoard. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. It's time we were all to bed. Come. I'll show you your room, Mr. Mackin. He's from the police. I don't think so, but I'm taking the chances. Sure, and what are you doing there? I'm making Mr. Mackin a little nightcap, as he requested. 
Only it will be a little stronger than he expected. Ah, how is that, Paddy? Sure, I'm giving him a little extra dividend. Uh, your namesake, as you might say. Who will that be at all? Mickey Finn. I never heard tell of him. Well, now, that's because he emigrated to Chicago, USA, long before your time and mine. Uh, but he gave his name to what's in this little bottle here. Well, it looks like no more than bog water. Uh, it'll make you sleep a deal sounder. Now then, you'll take this drink up to him whilst I go arrange for the truck. It is a good thing we have a full moon to work with this night. To work? Isn't it obvious the guns are no longer safe at Carrie Cleaner? We'll have to have them up and away over the border by morning before our American gets to nosing about. Wish we're not going by the castle by the dead of night. How else? But you'll be walking again by the full moon. You heard Mr. Mackin saw her abroad in skirts before dark. What kind of soldier are you, Mick, that starts at shadows? Now, let's have no more nonsense out of you. And away up with a drink to Mr. Mackin. I look at my watch. It's just after midnight. The nightcap is untasted on the table beside my bed. I don't trust it. I don't trust a lot of things. But where to get rid of it? A vagrant memory drifts across my mind of jokes among old country people. A quick look under the bed, and there is the receptacle. It's a matter of a moment to empty the glass in it. And none too soon. I can hear stealthy footsteps approaching. Don't use the kashmik. Unless there's trouble. If there is, I'll put him to sleep myself. Mr. Mackin? Mr. Mackin? I think he's away. Follow me. Ah, he's dead to the world. We'll check that out. He's drunk it. Will it keep him quiet long enough? Well, eight to ten hours. And even when he wakes, he'll not want to leave his bed. Now come away, man. We've much to do. Lying on my bed, snoring, pretending to be asleep, I have listened to everything. But the fall of that heavy lock tells me once and for all, I am a prisoner. But as I wait for them to leave the house... I know that nothing will keep me from Carrie Kleiner. I have an appointment there that's been waiting a hundred years. And even now, in the still of the night, I can hear the far-off tinkle of that bell and a voice crying. Come away! Run up! Come away! Back to Carrie Kleiner! I will return shortly with Act Three. I stand by the window, carefully on the side where the moonlight cannot cast my shadow, and watch the courtyard of the inn below. A small truck like a weapons carrier is there, and Patty and Mick climb into it. In a moment, it has gone to a destination I can only guess. By the time I am out the window, clambering to the courtyard and into my car, there is no hope of following. Particularly when I find my distributor cap gone and my car useless. 
It's a long, agonizing walk for five miles, even on a moonlit night. And by the time I have crossed the bridge and climbed to the ridge above, I am at the ragged edge of exhaustion. But there is a reward. Far below, against the restless sea, there are pinpoints of light that move. I am near the end of my pilgrimage, and the bell is sounding again. Danny. Danny. Uh, uh, what, what is it, Sheila? The phone. It's ringing. Well, what time is it? It's half past three in the morning. Well, who could be calling us I now? I don't know. I have been lying here awake, afraid that something was about to happen. Will you go down now and answer it, or shall I? All right, all right. I'm on my way, but who? It's Brian. Or something about him. And whatever it is, no bell that rings in the night brings anything but ill luck. Is that the last of them? Not by a long shot. And damn the moon... It's off away behind the clouds again. I wish I was off away with it. What's the matter, Mick? Are you afraid a banshee will howl you off to your grave? Well, there's little I like at all about this night. We're all stretching our necks across the gibbet one way or t'other. Well, the sooner we deliver these guns over the border, the safer we'll be. I wish now I'd stood away with a ship that delivered them three days ago. And I'd be out of this in the way home. Well, you didn't. So let's have at it and get them away from the storehouse before... Wait a minute. Ah, what is it? By the ridge there. The silhouette of a man. Let's get the truck away and hidden around to the seaward side. Hey, you take it. Give me that cush of yours, and I'll handle whatever comes this way. Uh, yes, Sergeant, he was. Well, he left this morning, I mean yesterday morning, about nine. All I know is he was headed somewhere north of Sligo, Galway Bay area. Yes, he was looking for a place named Carried Claner. No, 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 not at all. And please, he's a, he's a cousin of mine and a, and, and a very good friend. You will keep us notified and let us know what's happening. Yes, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. What is it, Denny? Oh, uh, what are you doing out of bed, Sheila? Who was on the phone? You said sorry. It was Liam Flaherty of the police. Oh, Sheila, that's all hell to pay. Tell me. There was a tracer from the States. They called the local here to get in touch with us. Why? The police in America. They're trying to get in touch with Brian. What has Brian done? That isn't the point. It's what's been done to him. What? Brace yourself, my darling. Somebody murdered his wife. A moment ago, on my way down the hill... I could see Carrie Clayner full in the moon. What do they mean? It's a ruin. It was just as I pictured it. Turrets, mullioned windows with diamond-shaped glass panes, great oak doors, and ivied granite. Now with the moon hidden, its silhouette looms over me, reaching out to me as I come home at... Cool, you didn't have to hit him so hard. I wasn't taking any chances with Mr. Mackin this time. Ah, is that who it is? Say for yourself. How do you get over the drink and away and here? No time to worry about that now. You think he is police or maybe the British? Whatever he is, we'll decide that later. Let's get the guns off and away first. I'm standing in front of the great door of Kelly Kleiner. And I know that everything's going to come clear at long last. 
I reach out and pull the bell. Even the bell is familiar, although I cannot quite place where I've heard it before. And now, the door is opening. Good evening, Brian. We've been waiting for you. Good evening, Your Lordship. I'm sorry I'm late. No matter. We've but just finished dinner. And her ladyship is with uh, the child. Will you join me in a glass of mulled wine? At your pleasure. I've not seen you for some time and... Uh... Ah, the devil. I've forgotten. I must catch my sea captain before he leaves. To send some packets. Will you forgive me? I should not be over two hours or so. Uh, may I hope you'll attend me lady in my absence? I should be happy to, except... Would you not rather I transmit the packages for you on my way home? No. I must have certain words with the shipmaster that I alone can bring. Besides, I would not deprive Clayner of some outside companionship. We're so isolated here, it would be cruel to deny her a new face to brighten her solitude. The hour is late, perhaps. Would be better... No, no, I won't hear of it. You shall be our guest for the night, and I shall be back post-haste. I'll try to make it in as close to two hours as possible. Meanwhile, make yourself completely at home. I am in a dream, I suppose. For by my host's clothes, the speech, a calendar I find on the wall, I am back in the past over a hundred years. But more important, I am within the walls of Carrie Clayner, and the riddle of my whole life, I feel, is near to being solved. When Lord Carrick leaves, I am too impatient to wait for my answers. So I climb the great staircase to Clayner's bedroom and knock on the door. Who is it? Brian. A moment. What are you doing here? I grew tired of waiting for you to come down. My husband, he's... Lord Carrick has ridden to town. It will be two hours before he returns. May I come in? I shouldn't let you. It's too late. I, I thought you'd left for good two years ago. When I lost you to him, I meant to. But for a while, I stayed hiding in the fen. Oh, I know you were seen. Do you know what you've done to me? And why do you come back now? I wanted to see the boy. By what right? He... Is he mine, Kleiner? I have to know. Is he mine? No. You called him by my name. It was a foolish choice. Why? Because I loved you. And now? Oh, Brian. The years have come and gone. Lord Carrick is my husband and the father of my child. And I have a whole new life I've learned to accept. I still want to know if the child is mine. Let me go. When you answer me. How could he be yours? He, he was born ten months after I married Lord Carrick. Then why does everyone whisper he's mine? Because you didn't leave as you promised. Why didn't you take yourself right out of my life? But there was nothing between us after your marriage. We know that, but no one else believes it. They still think the child is mine. Even Lord Carrick? I can't imagine why he could have welcomed you here tonight. I can't tell you how he... Wait a minute. What is it? Hush. Dear God, he's here. You'll kill me. Over my dead body. And here it is, the moment I've reached back through a century for, the one I want to change. It's today I want to bring back. And Gloria and my own child that I killed in one moment of anger and hate as Lord Carrick plans to do with me and Clayna now. I have only one chance of bringing Gloria back. 
to change history. Or at least to set it right. He's coming up the outside balcony stairs. Through the French windows. Run, Brian, he'll kill me if he finds you here. I'll kill him first for doubting you. Oh, in heaven's name, no! Lord Charing, hold. So once again you try to steal my wife. Put up your dagger. I am unarmed. So much the better. You first, and then my wife. This time, not so easily. I'm not the hunted, but the hunter. Look to yourself! He stands with his dagger half-raised, frozen with inaction as I hurtle myself towards him, hands raised to shield and grapple and destroy him. But what I reach for is nothing but a shade. My outstretched hands grasp only air, and my hurtling body passing through his spectral waist crashes full tilt against the crumbling battlement, which gives way like powder. And of a sudden, just like the lover in the ancient legend, I am plummeting like today's skydiver towards the rocks below. And in this awful moment, I know that I was just as wrong about my wife, Gloria, as Lord Carrig was a hundred years ago about Clayna. Small comfort now to know that I am legitimate as the rocks below rush up towards me like an express train... And I am no more. Are you ready, Sheila? In a moment. What is it, darling? A bell. I don't know if I ever want to hear a bell in my life again. That's only the church bell. We didn't ever hear the other one. What happened to him, Denny? Oh, I'd have to be God to answer that. He snapped, the way a lot of us do when life spins us around too fast and curdles our brains. Why do you think I ran away from it all and and came here to find peace? Brian really killed Gloria. He'd had a nervous breakdown two months ago. He escaped from the sanitarium. His obsession about paternity had put him there, and Gloria was asking for a divorce. He lost his head. She lost her life. But how did he think he could escape by coming here? I don't think he was looking for escape, but... Oh, I know it's such a writer's word, but... Expiation. Are you saying, then, he was after taking his own life? We'll never know, Sheila. The police say there's some evidence that the IRA were using Carrie Kleina as a depot for smuggled arms from the sea. Maybe he stumbled on them. The local folk would tell you that anyone in that haunted castle after dark, especially when the moon was full, was risking God knows what. And someone I know very dearly sensed he was marked by fate for death. Oh, don't. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Perhaps for Brian Mackin, it was the only way. Let's us go give him a decent burial and wish him peace at last. tortured man who borrowed a century-old sorrow and carried it on his back like the old man of the sea. Small wonder he broke eventually under the senseless strain and ran amok. A man to be censured, but also to be pitied. A man for whom the death bell sounded. Let his epitaph be John Dunn's, lest you stop to criticize too harshly. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. I'll be back shortly. Oh, 
sure. You can talk about good-tasting diet drinks, but I know. I'm Goldilocks, and here at my taste-testing laboratory, I taste-test them all. And nobody's been drinking my diet drinks until I tested sugar-free Diet 7-Up. And then, kabloomy, every bear wanted some. Diet 7-Up is fresh, natural, delicious. Sugar-free Diet 7-Up. This one's just right. North Jersey is certainly getting a higher yield this spring, especially with Suburban Savings Special High Yield Saving Certificate that you can raise for fun and profit. All you have to do is plant a modest $2,500 minimum in Suburban Limited Issue 7.50% Saving Certificate. Then put your certificate in a nice safe place. Suburban takes care of the rest by compounding interest continuously from day of deposit paid quarterly. You'll get a nice healthy 7.90% effective annual yield on your 7 7.50 saving certificate when you let it grow from four to ten years. Early withdrawal prior to maturity is, of course, subject to a substantial penalty. So for a nice, healthy 7.90% annual effective yield, grow Suburban's 7.50% saving certificate for fun and profit at any Suburban savings office in Bayonne, Edgewater, Elmwood Park, Emerson, Hackettstown, Morris Plains, Nutley, Paramus, and Sparta. Our cast included Michael Tolan, Marion Seldes, William Redfield, and Guy Sorrell. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by New Sugar-Free Diet 7-Up. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams... Theater program was furnished by the CBS Radio Network. This is Mary Helen McPhillips. Growing old may not be fun, but the only choice is to die, so hopefully most of us will grow old. And how to do it well is what we'll be talking about at 10.15 tomorrow morning on the Martha Dean program. Morgan Puner, a member of the Gerontological Society, will tell us what we know about growing old. I hope you'll join me tomorrow morning at 10.15. Colton Lewis in the Mutual Broadcasting System studios in Washington, D.C. Now, my commentary. President Nixon's Watergate lawyers said today that he's going to move to quash a Watergate prosecution subpoena for 64 more White House tapes. He would not say whether the president will abide by any adverse Supreme Court decision should that tape battle come to that. Facing a deadline of Thursday for responding to the subpoena from Special Prosecutor Leon Jaworski, the president's defense attorney, James St. Clair, held a broad-ranging news conference here in Washington today, a news conference in which he discussed the president's reasons for making public more than 1,200 pages of edited transcripts of the Watergate tapes. He also disclosed that the House Judiciary Committee is seeking more than 140 additional tapes for its impeachment inquiry. Discussing Jaworski's subpoena, St. Clair argued today that the massive public release of transcripts by the president yesterday strengthens his effort to have the subpoena quashed. He said he will move now on two grounds. First, in his words, 
Especially now, clearly the prosecution must have enough evidence to proceed to try these cases. And knowing Mr. Jaworski, I am confident that he wouldn't have indicted these people if he didn't think he had enough evidence to convict them. Secondly, acknowledging that the White House has a duty to make available materials that would be helpful to the defendants, St. Clair today said, everything we know of is in that book of transcripts. Everything is there. He also contended that there was a significant difference between the Jaworski subpoena and the one issued last year in the name of former Special Prosecutor Archibald Cox. He said the Cox subpoena, which led directly to the explosive firing of Cox, was on behalf of a federal grand jury, and that two court decisions that went against the president in that case were based on the proposition that the grand jury has sort of unique requirements. The Jaworski subpoena, on the other hand, St. Clair noted today, is aimed at providing materials for use in court trials rather than in grand jury deliberations. Asked whether the president would abide by an adverse Supreme Court decision should the Jaworski subpoena lead to a court fight and eventually reach the Supreme Court, St. Clair today said, quote, I wouldn't want to comment one way or the other because I have not discussed it with the president and I would not want to presume on his decision. In any case, he said, I don't believe that we will come to that. St. Clair also was asked to outline the strategic or tactical advantages that the president hoped to reap by making public the massive array of edited transcripts. He cited the following as the basic consideration, and I quote, People were getting more and more imbued with the idea that the president had something to hide to the extent that it endangered the presidency. The facts ought to be known, and then let's argue about them. The president's Watergate attorney, James St. Clair, today volunteered that the staff of the Judiciary Committee is seeking tapes of 141, 142, maybe, uh, those additional presidential conversations. He said he hoped the committee would take a second look at that request in light of Tuesday's disclosures and decide not to press it. Since most of these tapes are understood to deal with the controversies involving milk producers in the ITT, St. Clair was asked if he meant to suggest that the committees should forget those two issues. He said, based on what I know about it, the answer is yes. St. Clair made it apparent, however, that he is not opposed to providing additional materials relating to political contributions by the milk producers and the administration's controversial decision to raise milk price supports. He was asked if he felt that yesterday's disclosures might prejudice the cases of Watergate defendants that are still facing trial. St. Clair said, I do not think so. But as far as the conduct of the case is concerned, that is the first responsibility of the special prosecutor. Reminded that at one point in the bulky volume of transcripts, the president suggested to John Dean, who was then his private counsel, that witnesses in the Watergate proceedings might have conveniently faulty memories while under oath, St. Clair today said, as the president said, there are unfortunate remarks in there. Urging that the transcripts be looked at as a whole, he said the danger of this is to pick out a phrase here or a sentence there. The president's attorney also was asked if he thought it had been appropriate for the president to discuss at length payment of hush money to some Watergate defendants, as one transcript shows. St. Clair today responded, I'm sure if he had to do it all over again, he wouldn't have done that. The president is looking to the American people for vindication and vindication in the Watergate issue, while House impeachment investigators meet tonight to decide their next move in the quest for White House evidence. A majority of the House Judiciary Committee evidently was dissatisfied with the edited White House transcripts that the president delivered yesterday in lieu of tapes of those 42 presidential conversations that the committee had originally subpoenaed. 
The panel's Democratic majority planned to stop short of any formal demand for enforcement of the subpoena in favor of seeking bipartisan support for a simple statement declaring that the president had failed to comply with the subpoena. It was clear from the time that the president disclosed his transcript plan on Monday night that the support he sought was far beyond Capitol Hill, that his eventual goal was to try to persuade the American people that he did have no advanced knowledge of the Watergate break-in, that he had no knowledge of the cover-up of the Watergate issue, and that he was providing investigators with a full story of his role. For all of the 1,308 pages of presidential transcripts, there are nonetheless many uncertainties about just what the president did or did not know and when he knew it, and what he intended to be done. It was, as the president's lawyers and the president himself had said, a document that is marked by ambiguities. One White House covering statement that was delivered with a transcript declared, in all of the thousands of words spoken, even though they often are unclear and ambiguous, not once does it appear that the president of the United States was engaged in a criminal plot to obstruct justice. Those words also created a picture of a president feeling increasingly embattled and frustrated by a scandal, the disclosure of which he considered inevitable, but which he hoped to control, possibly even avoid. And they showed the president considerably, uh, considering many alternatives, many different options, including at one point the payment of some hush money to the original Watergate conspirators. The transcripts covered conversations between September 15th of 1972 and April 27th of 1973. There were a few critical meetings, though. There was one on September 15th of 1972. That was the day that the indictments were returned in the Watergate break-in case. On that day, the president met with White House counsel John Dean, who was later to become the president's chief accuser before the Senate Watergate Committee. There was another meeting on March 17th, 1973. That's the day that the president learned that members of the White House Plumbers Unit, set up to trace leaks of classified information, had engineered the break-in at the office of Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist. There was a meeting just four days later, March 21st of 1973. That was the day the president said that John Dean first told him about the Watergate cover-up. Numerous alternatives, including meeting demands for hush money, were considered by the president, by John Dean, and by White House age, aides H.R. Haldeman and John Ehrlichman. Less than a month later, April 14, 1973, there was a meeting. That was the day of a rambling discussion of Watergate by the president, Haldeman and Ehrlichman, during which they talked about the need to fire John Dean and the equally important need to convince former Attorney General John Mitchell to appear before the prosecutor and a grand jury. There were also a series of meetings in mid to late April 1973 during which the president learned more and more of the extent of the cover-up and the various progresses that were being made in the Watergate investigation. Those sessions climaxed with decisions to finally accept the resignations of Attorney General Richard Kleindienst, Haldeman, and Ehrlichman, and, of course, also the decision to fire John Dean. After voting to revise oil taxes, the House Ways and Means Committee is turning to general tax reform, but a personal income tax cut does not seem to be on the panel's present agenda for possible action. The committee was at work again today on a sweeping series of items, ranging from cutting Social Security taxes to reviewing tax shelters and tax treatment of capital gains, and from tax provisions for single people and married, married couples to tax simplification involving itemized deductions. Tax staff experts told newsmen following a closed-door committee meeting yesterday 
that the panel plans to consider this material in the next 60 days and may have to admit some of these items from the list but hopes to cover as many of these as possible. Missing from the listing of more than 25 topics, though, was a general personal income tax cut along the lines of a $5.9 billion measure that has been suggested by some members of the Senate. In the Senate, that body voted today to let states decide whether a motorist, motorist could buy group health insurance to cover accidental injuries. The action came as the Senate neared a final vote on no-fault automobile insurance, which would compensate accident victims without regard to who caused the accident. San Francisco Mayor Joseph Alioto announced today that police in his city have arrested seven black men in the so-called Zebra Street killings carried out by a black group, which in Alioto's words was dedicated to the murder and mutilation of whites and dissident blacks. He told a news conference, the police have pierced the veil of a vicious ring of murderers called the Deaf Angels. The Deaf Angels is kind of a re reverse Ku Klux Klan. Twelve whites have been killed, six others were. This is They Fall Love, the Butcher Dobashi. Please share, follow, and or subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on most of your major podcast platforms. I am also ordained, and I can marry you and give you all your blessing needs. Send your booking request to debashibookings at gmail.com. For all the links, go to lyricalspit.com. Help keep this show free by buying some of our swag of apparel at ButcherSpit.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, and even baby onesies. That's ButcherSpit.com. Be sure to check out Murky Chronicles drops every Friday. Hosted by yours truly, Theifala, the Butcher Dobashi, and Kenny Roberts. With guests, stories, news on unexplained and bizarre happenings? You can listen on your favorite podcast platforms or just go to lyricalspit.com for the latest shows and links.